You are listening to the You Are Techie Podcast, episode number 69. Welcome to the You Are Techie Podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. I know you've been thinking about it. I know that very techie you is ready to come out and find the tech job of your dreams this year. But who do you turn to for the support you need to move from learning to getting hired in tech? Well, I've got some great news for you. I've got you covered with the You Are Techie Coaching Membership. We listened to our audience and we heard you ask for UX design and full stack developer options in your course content. Not to mention the getting hired strategies that have worked for so many women before you. We are offering the trifecta of courses, coaching, and community support with the mentors you need to keep you moving forward in your tech career. It's like no other membership program out there. We have the exact skills employers are looking for. You'll learn how to maximize your income with portfolio-ready skills that hiring managers are seeking, not to mention the steps you can skip so you don't find yourself down that tech learning rabbit hole. Join me as I walk you step-by-step through the getting hired process in tech. Sign up at youartechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I can't wait to see you in our membership. My guest today is Tiffany Rose. She's the vice president and the lead UX designer at Blackstone Group one of the world's leading investment firms focused on creating positive economic impact and long-term investor value. At Blackstone, Tiffany leads both the UX team as well as the marketing technology team to craft intuitive experiences for investors, employees, and the general public. Her team uses activity data through dashboards in order to prove insights that have been seen through focus groups, user testing, and stakeholder interviews. Let me tell you what Tiffany's colleagues say about her. Tiffany is a go-getter and a rock star. She possesses a passionate spirit and excitement about her projects, which is contagious. Tiffany is one of those rare young women who embodies not only a strong desire to succeed, but one who is easy to work with and extremely dependable. Another one, Tiffany is our office's go-to person when we need assistance. Tiffany is a graduate of Rensselaer Polytechnical Institute multiple times over. She has two bachelor's of science degrees in computer science and electronic media arts and communications, as well as a master's of science in human-computer interaction. She graduated with high honors from all of her degrees. She resides in New Jersey with her one-year-old son, Everett, three-year-old son, Jace, and her husband, Justin. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. All right, let's dive in to just tell us a little bit about your career journey, what led you to your position today as the UX lead, and also what do you feel is most important in helping your trajectory into UX leadership? Yeah, definitely. So I've been at Blackstone for all of my non-internship career, and I've been in the Blackstone Innovations and Technology Department, which we like to call BXTI. And over those seven and a half years, I've seen a ton of amazing changes in BXTI. I started as a typical business analyst, which what you'll find in financial companies, that's a very standard title for a role. 
where someone does a whole bunch of different things like project planning, requirements gathering, UI, UX. And we really see the project through execution. It's a wear a bunch of hats kind of role, which I really thrived on. You know, throughout that time, I've managed different teams. I've seen many different projects through and I just enjoyed what I did. The leadership team knew that my passion, though, was in UX design. And they'd give me these like fun side projects, to, like craft the design process for the rest of the team, you know, run the VA meetings and just other cross team projects where like I could put on that UX hat and really, you know, show that passion. Um, and since it's always been the thing that I've enjoyed the most, it was a quite natural progression that as our teams grew and shifted to be put in charge of the UX team with, you know, leadership believing in the work that I've done throughout the years that I've been here. But, you know, this has been really the highlight of my career at Blackstone because, you know, UX is my passion and a typical day is like me getting my hands dirty in Adobe XD, solving the problems that we're facing, which is just so much fun. But what's been really impactful in my career are, you know, the mentors that I've had at Blackstone. There are two women that I kind of want to shout out here. Um, my manager, Colleen, and my colleague, Scarlett. Not only have I looked up to them my entire career because they're amazing and just really smart people, but they're also both mothers. And so even transitioning into motherhood was really smoothed out by talking to them. It was never for your question or anything that I couldn't go to them about. And what I will say is having strong mentors, whether it's formal or informal, is hugely impactful on all careers. Really having someone that has your back and wants to see you thrive is really the most valuable thing you can have. Wow, that's so impressive. I love that. We beat that mentor drum all the time. And I think it's just amazing that you had that and that that was important to you um, and that those women could help you out. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, it's also impressive you've been at Blackstone for that long. I think <laughs> I don't have that long of a trajectory anywhere. So that's impressive. But it shows that if you have a, you know, a path that you can follow and um, there are opportunities, it, it probably makes sense to, to continue to grow those at the place you're at. All right. I want you to take me back to middle school. What did you see yourself doing when you were growing up? So in middle school, I thought that I was going to be some world famous movie director. Um, I mm. loved filming things. I, I used to bring a video camera around everywhere and film my friends and we would do really dorky stuff that we would then watch back later. I really had no experience in it, but that's what I thought I was going to be doing when I was older. Oh, that's fun. All right. Well, let's let's dive into UX a little bit more. I'd love to know what your philosophy of UX is. And then what role does user research play in the development of user experiences that you and your team design? Yeah. So I really don't think there is user experience design without user research. I don't think it has to be overly formal, but if you're going to focus on your users, you have to focus on, you know, user activity data that you might have available. And any research from focus groups or user interviews, you know, this can be in the form of anonymous aggregate Google Analytics data or information collected specifically for the purpose of that website or application. What I have found is users love to tell you what you can improve about your application. If, you know, we take all that information for our projects and we start to put together our insights, which to be fair, we kind of think about ahead of time and we kind of are trying to either validate or invalidate those thoughts. And so I, I do think it's very easy to find stuff that validates your thinking. What I think is more fun is finding something that invalidates your thinking, disproves it. And that's where you can really draw some impact when you have a better understanding of that application. Um, but one of the biggest like goals that I have for Blackstone is making more of that activity data or that user analytics data available to the team so that they can make more informed decisions. 
if you have the right information in front of you, it's easy to think about how do I improve this application? This is a very challenging thing to get some of this information, but it's it's really fun to kind of overcome that. I love it. And so how would you describe your UX philosophy based on all that? Is Would you say that it kind of mentioned that there is no UX without user research? Is that fundamental to your philosophy or do you have other aspects of that? That's really fundamental to it. And that's something that I really think is really important is digging into those users and really understanding what their real goals are and how they're using that system. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's super interesting. Okay. So you told us a little bit about your day-to-day, but what do you actually like best about the work that you do today? Yeah. So I don't really care what project I'm working on as long as I get to think about people and their problems and solve something unique. You know, solving problems that are challenging is a blast. And at Blackstone, there's really never a boring day where I don't feel like I've learned something. That's something I think everyone should strive for is constantly learning in their career. Otherwise, I feel like you're going to just feel stagnant and maybe disappointed. I also like that while I am a leader, I am able to be an individual contributor. And so I think that for me is like hugely beneficial because I'd be really bored if I wasn't actually getting my hands into the designs and I wasn't actually looking at the data and really trying to solve it. If I was just kind of leading people and kind of distributing the work, it would not be as much fun for me as it is. And so I think really I love getting my hands dirty and still being able to help drive these projects with other people, but be really involved. That is, that's super interesting because that's a a good distinction. I think that oftentimes when we get into leadership, right, we kind of separate ourselves out from the work. So it's fun that you get to still kind of get your hands dirty, as you said, and and be involved in that. Um, And I'm curious, is that type of a process where you, so you mentioned Adobe XD, but when you're looking at your users and you're, you're looking at like your new projects, how do you distribute the work or work collaboratively? How does that kind of come together uh, for you and your teams? It's really a conversation on like, you know, what people enjoy, what we want to dig into, or we're going to maybe work together on something. The bigger projects, we kind of divvy it up based on maybe we break it down into smaller components or someone just kind of drives it because they're really passionate about it. I think it's really just understanding what the problem is and who is even the best person to solve it. That's great. I think I think it is sometimes really hard to separate out, you know, what a UX career can look like because it is such a collaborative event and it depends on the project, depends on the person, depends on the skill set. And and so that can be really um, challenging. Okay. So this one, this is a little bit of a long question, but I, I think this is very important because we'll get into it. So you are a bit of a unicorn in that you actually have traditional degrees in the work that you do. I've met very few people who have UX degrees. That's not my experience um, with the majority of the people in tech at all or UX. But I'd love for you to dive specifically into your master's degree of human-computer interaction. Uh, This is a term that is um, relatively newer, but people love this term, um, but it can be a little bit overwhelming. So can you explain what that is for our listeners and then how you apply HCI for the benefit of users in your work? Yeah. So... HCI really is all aspects of user experience. What I learned in that degree was everything from information architecture, user research, user testing, storytelling, and then just coming up with how you create the ideas to make people's lives simpler. Kind of unpacking that, it is the entire career trajectory you could have in UX, 
all boiled into one. So it makes you feel like you would have to do it all. And I know in different companies, you might break out that role into someone being an information architect person or user research person. What I found at Blackstone, at least, is we blend all of those roles. So having that experience in every aspect of it has been hugely beneficial in my career. I didn't even know what HCI was when I started at RPI. I'd never heard of it. I was going for, like you said, I have a dual degree in comp sci and electronic media arts. I actually, like we talked about before, I thought I was going to go into videography. So my EMAC degree was in videography and animation, which I sucked at animation. Um, it was actually, I was pretty bad at it. <laughs> and so I, I found out about HCI kind of in the middle of that journey. And I realized right away it was for me. Like I love to bridge that gap between technology and the users. And there was just a lot about it that got me really excited and really excited to pursue it. I knew early on that while I enjoyed computer science, I did not want to be a developer. And so finding out that there was a role in technology that was really about thinking about people, thinking about what things look like and how they flow was great for me. And I also didn't feel at the time I was very good at UI design. I really thought that that was something that, you know, because I wasn't good at it, then I would never be good at it. And while I loved learning UI design, the actual experiences were what drew me in and like working out those workflows and thinking about like, what, what, how do I lay it out on the page? UI aside. And as I've grown in my career, I've gotten actually really good at UI. It just took, you know, some finesse, but it was really more the UX piece, not the UI piece that HCI was all about. Mm -hmm. I think that's fascinating because, um, you know, so my company is called UR Techie. And I think this is a, a key component, a missing component. I, of course, was a UX designer. That's why I brought, uh, that's where I, how I started my courses was to really teach women that whether you think you're technical or not, users and people are a necessary component in interaction and technology. If you don't know people, you're not creating technology that works for them. Like, it's a really important aspect of it. And then I think you know, my grand scheme here is that the more we're exposed to it, the, the, the less barriers we'll have, you know, you kind of come, you have an undergrad in computer science like I do. But I think if people come to it from the people side, there is no limit to the technical side they can have. But it's so people centered. And I think that was, you know, bad technology is not people centered. So good technology is when you can focus on people. I completely agree. And I think that what what is interesting and kind of what you were saying before is not a lot of people have a traditional degree in UX. And I honestly think that's great. And that's very true at Blackstone too. I'm, I'm actually the only one that has a traditional degree really in user experience. You don't need that type of traditional role to get into something that you, you're excited about. And I think that that's, that's the big point here, right? Like a degree doesn't hold you back from you know, pursuing new and exciting dreams. Like if you go out there and you're like, you know what, I want to learn this, you can. Yeah, that's great. I love that piece. All right, let's shift gears a little bit. I'd love to hear, I know you have two little ones. What role has motherhood played in your career decisions? Yeah, so I always knew I wanted to be a leader in my career. And I always knew I wanted to be a mother. Those two things were just big, big things in my mind. And I never thought they were impossible to accomplish at the same time. My mom worked full time, she traveled for work, and she was getting a bachelor's degree all at the same time while raising two kids. And so while it didn't look easy, it actually looked really hard. It did look very attainable. And while I haven't really made huge career decisions specifically because I'm a mother, I can say it's definitely impacted me on my day to day. I think about things differently. The things that I worry about are different and I have to blend work and life together. I don't think of it as like a work life balance. It's more of a blend. 
because it spills into, you know, motherhood spills into work hours, work hours spill into nighttime hours. You kind of have to be flexible when necessary on all sides. You know, there have been days when I've had to drop everything and go to my kids' school and get them because something happened. And, you know, Blackstone allowed that to happen naturally. Like, no one bats an eye. When someone needs to run out for something during the workday, we just kind of figure out what that person needs to get done that day and we help them out. And, you know, that's what blending is really about, you know, having a support system at work and at home. I feel like, you know, it takes a village to raise kids and part of your village is work. Um, And just another kind of silly example of that work-life blend is I have an app on my phone of my kids' daycare and they're giving me like pictures and just like updates throughout the day, which just really helps me feel connected. And I'm, and I'm checking it in meetings. Like, you know, I'll look, oh, you know, whatever happened. Uh, I think it's, it's hilarious though. Sometimes it'll notify me to my watch. And it'll be like, you know, Everett pooped. And I'll be like, oh, great. I needed to know that right this second. Cool. It gives me a good laugh. And, and I do find that to be, to be very priceless. I love it. And I think that's great because then you you know what to ask them about. You're seeing, you know, it, I think that's hard sometimes. Like when my kids go to school, they you, you have to really, and I remember at my kid's school, the kindergarten teacher who we love, she's amazing, but she would give you a list of questions to ask the kids. Because if you say, how was your day to a five-year-old? They're like, fine. You know, they don't know. But if you could ask them a specific question. And the app pushes us notifications that says, ask your little learner if uh, about, you know, the ocean. So it kind of like pings us prompts that they are learning in school that day. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, I love it. Okay, really fun. All right. So, you know, you're a leader. I know you interview some people. This is a popular uh, topic with my audience, but what are your two secret weapon interview questions? So my first one is, these are these are pretty standard, but what I'm looking for is like really deep. So my favorite thing is to ask, what is a favorite project that you've worked on? I know it seems really simple, but I'm trying to see what gets someone passionate or excited. A lot of times they try to relate back to that last project that kind of fit the role really well. And that's not what I'm looking for. And, and I find that one kind of falls flat because they're just trying really hard to tell me why they fit in. And what I'm looking for is actually storytelling. I'm looking to see how they tell that story and where that passion is. And it could be in anything. And that, that really kind of shows where they get excited and where they shine. My other favorite is also pretty standard, but I like to dive into a time when someone's dealt with a difficult stakeholder because, you know, let's face it, we all deal with difficult situations and we have to get ourselves through them. And I'm not really looking for them having necessarily the best attitude towards it, towards that challenging situation. It's great if they do, but if they don't, I find that to be okay too, because I don't ever, I don't always handle every situation with grace. And you know, it's a point of growth. What I really want to know is how they rose up, handled it and worked with everyone. Because working at Blackstone is about collaboration. There is no your way or the highway here. Everyone has a voice. So from like that intern that came in today, all the way up to the senior leader, everyone brings something to the table. And if we can't collaborate and come to a consensus, we're not going to get anywhere. So I'm really listening to hear how they reached a collaboration and how they got to a better solution because of that initial friction. Got it. Those are great. And I really appreciate the insights of what you're looking for in that, because that can often be the hardest thing. Like, you know, a lot of times my students, just like you said, they want the right answer. What's the right answer? And I love that you're talking about storytelling. We talk a lot about storytelling in my program. So I think that's great. But, you know, translating that, that that's a real UX skill that people need to have, I think is very insightful. So those are great. Thank you. Oh, totally. Yes. Yes. I love it. That's great. So here's the thing. Not, you know, and I know 
Every woman out there is capable of being in tech. We know it. We know every mom can do it. But they're not all sure that they can do it when they start off. So what advice do you have for especially a mom who's considering a career in tech? Maybe she's never been in tech. Maybe she even wants to be in tech leadership. What advice would you give her as she's navigating that decision and then as she's navigating choices of getting into that career? I really think the first thing, and this is something that I have to think about a lot, is remember to cut yourself some slack. You know, work can have a lot of pressure. Kids can be a lot of pressure. And I, I've definitely heard like being a parent gives you the highest highs and the lowest lows, which really does ring true for me. So bringing yourself back on those days and just remembering to relax. You know, leadership is about finding answers to hard problems. But sometimes you need to take yourself back and out of that situation to clear your head. And the same thing rings true. My three-year-old just doesn't want to eat dinner. I have to walk away, clear my head and think about it differently. As far as like being in tech goes, it can be very fast paced. And so just remembering that even though it's fast paced, you do have to clear your head sometimes and not look for the right answer right now in this meeting, right this second when someone asks you that question. It is totally acceptable to say, listen, I don't have the answer to that. I did not prepare for that. But let me get back to you and not feeling the pressure that I think us as women feel a little bit more to have that right answer right now, right in that moment. And I find you, you'll get yourself slipped up if you just don't know and just admit it. Like, I do not know. And I think also just being a parent in general, you need to remember where your non-negotiables are. Like some of mine are pretty simple. It's like not missing my kid's school Halloween party, right? I don't, I want to be that parent that shows up to those parties and like knowing those non-negotiables really helps you make that work-life blending decision easier. And at Blackstone, I've been enabled to make those non-negotiables happen. No one bats an eye, no one questions me. And you really just need to make sure you're at a company that values that because as a parent, you really need to be able to leave if you have to. You need to be able to pick something up tomorrow because you just can't do it tonight. You know, you got to worry about other things, you know, fighting your kid on dinner. <laughs> Some of those things are really important. I that is so uh, there are so many great nuggets in there. I I love your non-negotiables. I think that is such an important aspect that moms when they are returning to the workforce or looking for a new career, they you know, nobody wants to I always say nobody wants to miss the kindergarten play. No one wants to miss that. Not the mom, not the dad, not anybody. But I think if you're um, most, you know, most organizations are pretty receptive to that and they understand that that is, you know, a really important component. And if you have to check, you know, do some work at nine o'clock at night to make that happen, I think most of us are willing to do that. And I also love your concept of work-life blended. Tell me a little bit more about that. Is that why don't you like work-life balance? I think this is interesting. This is actually a big conversation I've had with my manager, Colleen, over the years about like, what is it to have a work-life balance? And that was the first person that ever mentioned like a work-life blend to me. And it really just like hit me home. Like it was like, it really is not a balance. You're not trying to balance a scale. You're not trying to say like today, this will be, you know, it's going to balance out because of this. It's like some days it doesn't balance and it's not going to balance. And you know, the days when you do have to pick up the slack and you have to work a little bit late and after your kids go to bed. Like it doesn't feel like you're balancing. And sometimes you could feel like you're not successful because of that. And it's not a balance. It's a blend. I had to leave early because I had to pick up my kids. I had to go do this. And I wanted to do this, right? I want to, I want to do my work and I want to do my, my home. And so blending those makes me feel less strained on the days when one of those balances don't work out. 
when one just overtakes the other, it's more of a blend. And when that blend has to happen, it happens. Yeah, that's so great. Anything else you want to add in our interview? You provided a lot of nuggets for us. I'm excited. But is there anything else you want to add or say about your career or women in tech? Just that it is it is possible and that I've been very lucky and fortunate to work with a bunch of women. I know not everyone has that experience. It's, it's a very male-dominated field. Don't let that discourage you. I, you know, my college career, that was a little tough at some times with some of the professors, but you know, you, you push through it, even if people don't necessarily believe you can do it because you need to believe you can do it. Tiffany Rose, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies, training, and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I'll see you next time.